historical French contactee case adds to evidence an intergalactic confederation is seeding human worlds under a higher universal body called the Council of Nine, both of which have returned to our solar system to watch our planetary awakening and liberation. You are listening to Exopolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala, your source for the uncensored truth regarding the human, extraterrestrial, global, and political agenda. Click the like button and subscribe to this channel. And now, here's Dr. Michael Sala. Robert L. is an extraterrestrial contactee from France who says that in 1969, he spent nearly a year in a secret base in the Himalayas where he participated in a genetic experiment to seed human life on a planet in another galaxy. After completing his year-long stay at the base, Robert was returned to France and was told to remain silent, which he did for nearly 40 years until 2005 when he first went public. He contacted a well-known French UFO researcher, Georges Metz, who was so impressed that he included Robert's case in a 2011 book called UFOs in France, The Investigations of George Metz. The book was published but not translated into English, making most in the English-speaking world unaware of Robert's remarkable story and its significance. What makes Robert's story especially relevant today is that in his book, he described the extraterrestrials as belonging to an intergalactic confederation managing life on planets such as Earth, and this confederation working under the supervision of a mysterious group of nine very highly advanced extraterrestrials. This is the relevant passage in Metz's book. Quote, We are responsible for keeping life safe on inhabited worlds like the Earth. We are part of a kind of intergalactic confederation overseen by nine unknown superiors who manage the galaxies. End quote. This appears to be the same two extraterrestrial groups that Elena Danan says she recently met on Jupiter's moon Ganymede, the Intergalactic Confederation and the Council of Nine, who have arrived to watch humanity achieve its liberation from extraterrestrial oppressors, a process I've described in previous articles. On November 16, I interviewed Robert in a Zoom video chat session organized by Elena, where I asked him questions about his contact experiences. Elena translated for Robert, who doesn't speak English. Elena had previously translated passages of his book that helped me frame my questions and better understand his story. Robert kindly gave permission for me to use graphics from his book. In our interview, Robert explained that his family first began having UFO-related experiences in June 1966 when he was 20 years old. These began with his father and grandmother seeing a half-dozen one-metre-sized white yellowish balls of light going through his home before they joined up with a larger cylinder-shaped structure that was stationary at the bottom of the valley where he lived. The phenomenon repeated in January 1967, which was when Robert saw the balls of light for the first time himself after being alerted by his father, who first saw them. Once again, the six balls of light joined a larger cylinder-shaped object nearby. 
The phenomenon repeated itself over several nights and Robert eventually followed the six lights back to the larger cylinder structure, which he estimated to be 13 metres tall and 2 metres wide, floating above the ground. In his car, Robert pursued the larger cylinder-shaped object which moved away from him while maintaining a constant distance and increasing in brightness. Eventually, a minibus-sized flying saucer craft appeared with two domes on top containing the silhouettes of two human-like beings. The flying saucer moved to only 20 metres from Robert and his car stopped running. He panicked, fell asleep and had a missing time experience. When he returned home, his father said that two of the balls of light surrounded the farm and prevented him from leaving to find and help Robert. Robert described the next two months as a period when he began needing to sleep for up to 20 hours a day with many strange dreams and experiences. These initial contact events culminated in him meeting three tall, thin, human-looking extraterrestrials who appeared in his bedroom. They entered through a vortex that appeared in walls and began having conversations with him. Robert at first believed the extraterrestrials were angels, but they told him they were simply humans, like him, but only more evolved with lifespans of up to 500 years. They told him they were scientists that came from another galaxy. Robert mainly interacted with three extraterrestrials he respectively called the guide, who was a male, the biologist, a beautiful female, approximately two metres tall, and the ethnologist. In September 1968, the extraterrestrials asked if Robert was willing to be part of a genetic experiment where he would help seed human life on a planet in another galaxy. Robert was told he would spend a year at a remote base in the Himalayas where he would contribute his biological material, which was very suitable for the galactic seeding project. Robert agreed to participate, and in early January 1969, he was taken by spacecraft to the base. In Metz's book, Robert described its location as somewhere near Ladakh, a strategic mountainous region that straddles the borders of China and India. Metz cited several articles from 2004 describing UFO activity at an alleged extraterrestrial base in the region, which helped corroborate Robert's story. Robert described the base as being located entirely underground with only an elevator connecting the base with the surface. He said that the elevator exit to the surface was well disguised, making it very difficult for the base to be located. His diagram illustrates the base which was located one kilometre or 3,000 feet below the surface of a remote mountainous area. Robert said the interior of the base was very futuristic and its walls did not appear to be those of a cavern. The base was filled with advanced extraterrestrial technologies such as holographic television monitors, which could be used to monitor distant areas such as his home and village. He realised that the balls of light he and his family had first encountered were actually monitoring devices whose outputs could be viewed on these holographic monitors. Robert was allowed to roam freely inside the base, which had three levels. He regularly met human-looking extraterrestrials that treated him courteously in corridors and reception areas. He was only restricted from three rooms that contained powerful electromagnetic energies that could harm him. 
Presumably, these rooms involved the power supply, shielding, and environmental technologies used for maintaining a large underground base. After spending nearly a year at the base, Robert returned home and was told that his contacts with the extraterrestrials would cease. But they would nevertheless monitor him throughout his life through an implant embedded in his back. The implant used advanced technologies enabling it to move, yet it would not show up on x-ray machines even though it could be felt. In our interview, Robert described several times the extraterrestrials had mysteriously intervened to save his life. Even though the physical contact had stopped in 1969, he still felt a powerful connection to them. He said that his decision to go public in 2005 was due to their hidden pressure which he couldn't resist. Robert's story is very significant due to the similarities of the scientific group involved in seeding different worlds in multiple galaxies, which he called an intergalactic confederation, with the extraterrestrial group that Elena Danan met on Ganymede. Robert's reference to a mysterious group of nine highly advanced extraterrestrials to which his intergalactic confederation reports is also very similar to the Council of Nine that Elena also met on Ganymede, to which the Intergalactic Confederation reports. It's important to point out that Elena had not previously read Metz's book, describing Robert's experiences with an organisation described as an Intergalactic Confederation, until after her trip to Ganymede. In order to find the correct sequence of events to determine whether Robert's experiences corroborated Elena's or not, I asked the following question and received her answer. Elena, to be clear, you didn't know about Robert's experiences with the Cedars, the Intergalactic Confederation, until after you published your video of the Cedars. You then read his book and found the reference to the nine unknown beings. Was that after or before your encounter with the Council of Nine? Elena, okay Michael. I went through all my notes and emails, doing my best to keep it fair and to the point. October 12, Thorhan shows me first the fleet of the Intergalactic Confederation via telepathy, and in the evening he takes me to meet them on a mothership near Ganymede. I learn then more details about who the Intergalactic Confederation are and how they relate to the Nine. Thorhan had mentioned the Nine to me before on several occasions, but then that day, I have more info. October 27, in a Q&A on YouTube, I speak publicly about this contact of October 12 with the Intergalactic Confederation people. October 28, George Metz emails me and mentions Robert L, thinking it is about the same people, extraterrestrials. He piques my curiosity and I want to hear again about this story George spoke about Robert with me about a year ago or more to discuss the Himalayas base, but then, as he reminded me of this story on October 28, I see the similarities with my experience and it really catches my interest, and I tell you about it. October 31st, video call with George's. Me, him and some ufologists, friends of his, who want to hear about my story, and we talk about the Cedars the Intergalactic Confederation, and how my contact experience matches with Robert's. We do not talk about the Nine. Robert never met them, and I hadn't had any contact with the Nine either, so it wasn't a topic. 
November 3rd, I am contacted by The Nine and ask about Gene Roddenberry, and you did a video about it. End quote. Elena's responses make clear that she had respectively met with representatives of both the Intergalactic Confederation and the Council of Nine before learning that Robert had discussed both. This means that Robert's information is independent corroboration of what Elena had experienced. In order to help the reader better differentiate between the above groups and the Galactic Federation of Worlds, Elena offered the following comment. Quote, The Cedars equals intergalactic confederation equals a grouping of cultures including many galaxies. They are all incarnated extraterrestrials. People like the Galactic Federation of Worlds but at a bigger scale. They are not the Nine. The Nine is something totally different. They are plasmic superconsciousnesses, not part of the Intergalactic Confederation, but the Intergalactic Confederation relates to them as superior management. They are not incarnated and live in the void, in no dimension and no time. End quote. In reading portions of George Metz's book on Robert's story and my own November 16 interview with Robert, I was reminded of similar encounters with extraterrestrials involved in seeding different worlds by one of my sources, JP, who I've known since 2008, after he first told me of his contact experiences in Brazil. In the 13 years that we have communicated, he has told me of multiple times he was taken into large, multi-kilometer-sized, hemisphere-shaped biodomes, arcs, that held the genetic codes of multiple plants and animals, found on Earth. He was told that in the future he would be involved in seeding future Earths since his biological material was suitable. JP said he was allowed to wander through the biodomes to habituate himself with them so that in the future he and others would not be alarmed if they found themselves on them as part of a planetary seeding project. Currently, JP serves with the US Army and performs covert off-planet missions for US Space Command, as I described in a previous article concerning the construction of a future Starfleet. He has told me that he was also recently taken to Ganymede as part of a mission he was forewarned about, but unlike his prior moon missions, he doesn't remember details due to memory wipes conducted on him and other military personnel as part of standard operating procedure. JP explained that sometimes the memory wipes succeed, but other times they don't work on him. Contrary to popular opinion, the US military and intelligence community are highly interested in contactees and their interactions with different extraterrestrial species. Contactees are routinely recruited or closely monitored by military and intelligence operatives. JP was closely monitored for more than a decade and constantly pressured to join a classified program or to enlist by military intelligence operatives. He eventually relented due to financial pressures and now has a military occupation specialty, MOS 91J, as a quartermaster and chemical repairer, but has been trained to perform off-planet missions that are classified. JP has shown me certificates of him completing special forces training, which corroborates key aspects of his covert space assignments. In conclusion, in my interview, I found Robert L. to be sincere and very credible. 
His comments showed a clear consistency with what he described in George Metz's book, UFOs in France. Robert's remarks about different groups of extraterrestrials involved in seeding human worlds in our and other galaxies are particularly significant given Elena Denard's recent experiences on Ganymede. Robert's testimony, along with JP's own experiences with an extraterrestrial race involved in seeding new human worlds, is important corroboration for what Elena says she experienced on Ganymede with the Intergalactic Confederation and the Council of Nine. Taken together, these three contactee cases reveal that an Intergalactic Confederation acting under the supervision of a higher universal body, the Council of Nine, which is responsible for seeding human life in different galaxies and in the remote past seeded life on Earth, has returned to our solar system to watch our planetary awakening and liberation. Many thanks to Elena Danan for arranging and translating my interview with Robert L and for his and George Metz's permission to use illustrations of his experiences with the Intergalactic Confederation. If you want to learn more about different galactic federations and councils, then I recommend my October 9 webinar, which is now available on Vimeo. It's titled Galactic Federations, Councils and Secret Space Programs. This has been Dr. Michael Sala. Like, share and subscribe to ExoPolitics Today.